Hi, welcome to Life with Jerry Williams. Thanks so much for allowing me to uh, be a part of your day. This week's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about nonsense and how the things that maybe seem foolish at the outset can actually be pretty wise. And I'm going to tell you a story about a life-saving chicken. All of that is coming up on this week's episode of Life with Jerry Williams. You know, I really don't have a shtick. I, I tend to be kind of straightforward and, I don't know, plain? Is that the word? Real. That's that's Maybe that's a better word for it. Plain. But there have been times in my storied career, I've been in radio well, for a very long time. Let's just put it that way. For 40 years or so, doing radio shows all over the country. And from time to time, I've borrowed things from other people on the radio that I admire. And I've had some things that have been kind of ongoing bits, never really a shtick. I, I, I do a lot with Twinkies. And one of these days, I'll get around to telling you that story. Don Imus, who passed away just this past December, a legend in radio, uh, was in New York radio. I listened to him growing up on WNBC. Matter of fact, a friend of mine, Frank Reed, was on in the middays on WNBC between Imus and Howard Stern in the afternoon. Well, Imus had a shtick. He had a duck quack, and it would just sort of show up whenever he mentioned the time or did a couple other little things. There'd be this whack, whack, quack in the background. And for some reason, I thought, you know what, if it works for Imus. So I didn't want to directly steal from him. So rather than a duck quack, I had a chicken bagok. Let me play it for you. It's kind of annoying. I, I agree. I don't know why. I, I had this rubber chicken thing going, and I would actually carry a rubber chicken. Well, I wouldn't carry it with me, but I would have it in the studio with me. And I was working in Louisville, Kentucky, and this had to be early, mid-90s, I guess, when I came up with this chicken bagok. And I didn't play it every time I mentioned the time, but I would play it often enough that people started noticing. Matter of fact, my boss, <laughs> uh, he didn't like it too much. But one day... And I can't remember if I had mentioned on the air that my boss didn't like it and we were going to have to retire the chicken or not. But a guy came flying into the radio station. You could hear his tire squeal as he pulled into the parking lot and he ran into the lobby and he said, where's Jerry? Where's Jerry? You got to keep that chicken. You can't get rid of that chicken. That chicken saved my life. By then, I'm out in the lobby, and there's four or five other people out in the lobby listening to this guy's story. He says, I am not kidding you. That chicken literally saved my life. I, I was doing the morning show, so I was on at 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning until, until 10 o'clock. So I was on pretty early, and sometimes I'd play that chicken pretty early. The guy said, I worked the overnight shift. I was coming home from work. I was listening to, to your show. And I started to doze off, and my car was going off the side of the road. But then you played that chicken. It woke me up, and it saved my life. You can't get rid of the chicken. Now, the chicken did manage to hang on on that show for another couple of months, thanks to that guy's story. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong. Now, I fancy myself kind of a logical guy, rational, a, a thinking man. And that's especially true when it comes to the expenditure of resources, like money, effort, and that most precious of resources, time. 
I like to know that what I choose to spend those resources on is not merely a good choice, but the best choice. Now, sometimes those choices are relatively simple. You need to put gas in the car, and there are two gas stations right next to each other. Price for a gallon of gas at the first one is $2.95. At the second, it's $2.99. No brainer. You buy your fuel from the station with the lowest price. And this is a real-life example. I pass by two such gas stations every day on my way to work, and I still can't figure out why anyone would buy their gas at the station with the higher price. But that's a topic probably for another day. Many choices are not so clear cut. And for too many of us, we don't even know after we've made a decision whether or not it was a good one, let alone the best one. That's because, I believe, many of us don't think about what we hope to accomplish when we're making those decisions. Now, in that earlier gas station example, it seems pretty obvious. The goal is to get gas into your car so you can get wherever it is you're going. By buying the gas at the cheapest price, you've accomplished the goal with the minimum expenditure of resources. That choice didn't require much thought. You didn't even have to employ any higher math skills. Now, as people of faith, we realize that every resource at our disposal is a gift from God. When we keep that fact in mind, then how we spend those resources takes on a spiritual element as well as a financial or time management aspect. The Bible talks a great deal about stewardship, counting the cost, to whom much is given, much is required, and the like. We are to use the resources God has given us wisely and effectively. But how do we know if our use has been effective or wise if we don't first understand what we hope to accomplish through that use, if we don't count the cost or have a clearly stated goal? Now, I've seen many companies do things that seemed like a good idea without first asking if that idea would actually help them realize their ultimate goal. And after that good idea had been put into practice, they did not go back and measure whether or not they were closer to the goal because of it. In most cases, not only were they not any closer to accomplishing the ultimate goal, but because they'd spent resources on an idea that didn't get them closer, they were actually further away from it with fewer resources. That's the thing about money, effort, and especially time. You can only spend them once. Spend too much of any of those resources on things that don't get you closer to the goal, and you will eventually find yourself failing to accomplish that goal with no resources left for another shot at it. That's why I am a proponent of setting goals which are measurable and weighing every potential expenditure, every activity, every opportunity against how much closer it will get you to your goal. Unless God has this way of working that often seems counterintuitive, even nonsensical at times. The Bible is full of examples of God working in ways that at first glance seem to fly in the face of the desired goal. How many times have you read stories about a little shepherd boy defeating a giant with a leather strap and five stones? Lepers being cleansed from their disease by bathing in a filthy river. A young boy being sold into slavery by his brothers so that he would be in a position to later save those same brothers. And after reading stories like those, how many times have you thought, that never should have worked? Sometimes God's going to tell you that the best way to reach a goal is by doing something that seems like it has no chance of working, like the instruction God gave to the prophet Ezekiel. But you shall speak my words to them, whether they listen or not, for they are rebellious. 
Now, to me, that seems like a potential waste of Ezekiel's time, speaking to people who very likely were not going to listen. And getting people to listen, well, isn't that one of the primary goals of a prophet? Sometimes God will want us to do things to help us see that we've set the wrong goal. In Ezekiel's case, God had stated the goal a few verses before. I am sending you to them who are stubborn and obstinate children, and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord God. As for them, whether they listen or not, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them. The main purpose for Ezekiel speaking, in this instance at least, was so that the people would know that God had sent a prophet to them. Their listening to the prophet was almost beside the point, at least as far as Ezekiel was concerned. He was to speak. The listening or not listening was between God and the people. But if they chose not to listen, they were without excuse, for they would know that a prophet had been among them. God always has a purpose, a goal. Even in that scripture that I used to open this segment, God has a reason. More than just shaming or confounding the wisdom of this world by using the foolish things of this world, his purpose there is so that no man may boast before God. But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that, just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. So let's set our goals, count the cost, measure our opportunities, and how we spend our resources against those goals, all the while remaining open to those rare instances when God will instruct us to take an action that seems contrary to reaching our goal so that he will receive the greater glory when we do realize that ultimate goal. And that wraps up this episode of Life with Jerry Williams. Thank you so much for allowing me to take up some of your time today. Please do subscribe to the podcast. And if the platform you listen on allows you to give ratings, how about a five-star rating? Throw a guy a bone. I could really use that. Tell other people about it. Subscribe. Give us a review. Whatever you're able to do to help spread the word about the podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm going to see. I know I have a photograph of me and the rubber chicken that inspired that life-saving chicken. And I'll, I'll get a picture of me and the chicken on my website for you, jerrywilliamsmedia.com. I'll put a link in the show notes for you. Coming up next time on Life with Jerry Williams, going to talk about friends and the true cost of friendship, what it takes to really make a friend and to be a friend and to keep a friend, and how if you're kind of short on friends, maybe you can find a few more. That's coming up next time on Life with Jerry Williams.